This episode is sponsored by the Augustine Institute. The Augustine Institute exists to help Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Through initiatives like Amen, Formed, the Graduate School of Theology, Word of Life, and others, the Augustine Institute forms Catholics for the new evangelization, intellectually, spiritually, and pastorally, to renew the church and transform the world for Christ. The Augustine Institute's always free Catholic app, Amen, leads people deeper into prayer with guided meditations, sleep stories, the rosary, and much more. The Augustine Institute School of Theology equips thousands of students, like myself, Sister Miriam James Heidland, Leah Darrow, and other notable alumni to know and live their faith in all aspects of their lives. I had an amazing experience in the Augustine Institute finishing my master's degree in theology. Applications for the 2024 spring and fall semesters on campus or online are now open. Millions of Catholics and their families are growing their faith at home and in their parishes with Formed, which is the Augustine Institute's premier streaming service for Catholic movies, children's programming, audio dramas, books, and more. And the Word of Life religious curriculum makes catechesis fresh and exciting so kids can grow up with a faith they'll keep for life. As Catholics, God calls you to understand, live, and share the faith. Learn more about how the Augustine Institute can support you by visiting augustineinstitute.org. The link is in the show notes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. We're your hosts, Jackie and Bobby Angel. And today we're going to be talking about Bobby's brand new book. Some shameless self-promotion for this <laughs> this episode, but I'm proud of it. We're going to get into what this book's about. But first of all, thank you all for listening, for those who've tuned in either on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We've we passed the 1500 subscriber mark on YouTube. Yay! Huzzah. Huzzah. And uh <laughs> you're all, you know, it's more than just clicks. Like you are real people out there I tuning hope so. in. Unless Hopefully you're not a robot. Unless you're a bot in that case. <laughs> I'm a robot. Off you go. <laughs> uh but we're blessed by you deeming this this show worthy to tune in and we hope to continue to create quality content, have great conversations for you all that it can bless you, the listener. Yeah. So today, the book. Yay. And some of you who are watching, you can see what shirt I'm wearing. Um, I'm wearing this for a reason because Bobby's new book is called Gaming and the Heroic Life. Shh, don't show them that it's not a real book. You're holding. It's you not. Just I don't have the book yet. <laughs> you just showed if, it. It's a styrofoam thing. With- if you're watching versus listening, I have a styrofoam copy of the book. Yay. Because the real book is not out yet. It's coming November 10th. It is available for pre-sale on Amazon now, but it's uh, on video games and that quest for holiness. And how do you be someone who enjoys video games and yet also a disciple of the Lord? And the project was a long time coming. It's very much a passion project from the heart. Like Mm -hmm. I can see 12-year-old me sitting on the floor playing PlayStation and feeling like this goes beyond just mere entertainment. Yeah. Now, I haven't read the book, so I'm going to pretend like I'm just interviewing you. The little Bobby Angel. My own wife. Tell me. I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> I will. Own... I promise I'll read it before it comes out. Sure. sure <laughs> Send honey. me the PDF, babe. Um, you yeah. kept the kids at bay so that I could finish this book. That's right. And I heard about it every day. So, but which, which I is need the heroic to still, thing. I need to still read it. Um, which is really like the heroic thing. When you went to love and responsibility course and you're like, I left my wife 
and my three-month-old baby, which is neither loving nor responsible. <laughs> that got a chuckle. It did. Um, okay, so tell me, why did you write this book? Bum, bum, bum. So the big three, I've been musing on this. Why okay. did I write this book? And I can, I can point to one, to talk to a young or not so young person about um, the fact that your desires, your, your ache for the good, the true and the beautiful is absolutely connected to video games as well as to God. Because I was the altar server yawning my way through mass, daydreaming about fighting ninjas crashing through the stained glass windows right as we all do couldn't wait to get home to play video games because those were more real than god was at the time yeah at the time and hopefully now you're not still daydreaming about ninjas i I have the off moment of (laughs) snap myself back into the moment um but the the sense of of what does this have to do with god um, and to show you that, show the reader that it absolutely has to do with God. In fact, God provides the 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 quest we're all yearning for at the end of the day. Because mm-hmm. there's so much beautiful fantasy, there's so much great escapism in the best sense of the word, like the escape into reality, like a Tolkien would say. Like you're showing good and evil really extrapolated. Like mm-hmm. the good is really good, the evil is really evil, and that's why Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, like it is over the top. Like the good guys wear like uh, have blue lightsabers. The yeah. bad guys have red. Like yeah. it's very in your face about it. And in the the world we live in, it all is kind of mundane, and we've stripped the spiritual away, and we've we've stripped God away. So then we also have such a lack of meaning and purpose. We have a lack of quest. Like that's what video games really provide. Like that mission. Like only you can save the world. And so if you have a lack of purpose or quest in real life, mm-hmm. okay that toilet sorry i need to fix that running toilet (laughs) i don't know maybe they can't hear that um so if people lack purpose or quest in real life and they escape to video games to Mm -hmm. find that you're saying there's an innate desire for adventure and quest and a purpose in real life so sometimes we go to that which isn't bad in itself right Right, so that's what you're trying to point out in this book. The book is is 95% affirmative because I want to evangelize... Um, the gaming heart. Truly, because yeah. because I grew up in the 90s where it was the Mortal Kombat time. So there was this big wag of the finger of like, all video games are evil. Right. It was kind of like the, either they, they didn't have anything of importance. Yeah, just play Mario, play Mario Kart, whatever. Or video games are evil. And you will be evil if you get sucked into them was kind of the messaging I heard. And I even as a kid, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. There's got to be like a middle road here. And then fast forward to us being in high school when Columbine happened and the school shooting and they're then blaming video games. Oh, that was a part of the scapegoating for sure. Was video games are going to lead to you to be an active school shooter. Right. Right. So you have heard this now. um, You said you grew up in the 90s. I grew up in the 80s because I'm 10 years older than you. No, I'm just kidding. We're nine months apart, folks. Happy belated birthday, by the way, Bobby Angel. Thank, um, thank you. We both grew up. Playing... I came like of awareness in the nineties, is what awareness. I mean. Like born in eighty, born in eighty four, and you were the age of reason in the nineties. Yeah, like this is when you're starting to pay attention to pop culture and what's going on in the world. And but you I mean, and I both played Mario, Mario Kart, Duck Hunt, um, say uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Donkey Kong. That was like I didn't. We didn't have video games at my house. I had to go to my friend's house to play it, and we would spend hours there. Right. 
Sega. Yeah. See, you even remember it. Sega. Yeah. And you totally remember, you know, the Donkey Kong. I remember that one weird one with the, you're in like the roller coaster thingy. Yeah. Right? Donkey Kong country. Yeah. See, and I love this topic because it just kind of cuts down the middle of people that are of faith, of no faith, whatever background. Everyone gets the biggest smile on their face when you ask that icebreaker question. What's the first video game you ever played? Yeah. When people talk about finding their old Nintendo and they, when people talk about how many hours they put into the Sims or whatever level they're at in Candy Crush. like. Well, and that's your thing is everyone games. Everyone games. Even if it's not maybe um, on PlayStation, people are gaming on their phone. Oh, yeah. With Candy Crush. Poker. With Yeah, poker. Um, what I've gotten down the rabbit hole of a couple games. Remember after we went somewhere and there was like that ball one? Oh, like yeah. How many times you can hit the ball? Oh, man. I got sucked down that rabbit hole. Um, but the games include words with friends. They hope. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, I so I, in the first chapter of the book, I also get into the philosophy of like, why do we game at all? I take a brief. I, I'm proud. The book is very readable, in my opinion. It's not like super grad level. It isn't very, it isn't juvenile. It, it, it's for like a young adult, like a high school young adult. But there's a lot of meat. There's a lot of meat and potatoes for anyone right. mature in the faith. Um, to to kind of connect the dots, like why do we even game as a, human beings? And what do you say? What do I say? Yeah, why do we game? As Go human read beings? the book. I will, but I want you to tell me first. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a cure. It's an amazing thing when you look at like human beings. Like little kids just play. They just know how to play, and they yeah. they create their own games. And the game always has rules, and they're usually made up on the spot. Right. But you inevitably hear, you can't do that. Yes, because our children do that all the time to our poor every, little five-year-old. You every, can't do that. Every kid. Like, there's <laughs> rules created. And so you can look to baseball. You can look to chess. You can look to the Super Bowl. You can um, look to, like, now video games as this extension of there's something about the human person that we play. We like to play. Yeah. And there we don't need it to survive. And so it's the same thing as art or music or friendship. Hey, they're not necessary for survival, but they absolutely bring enjoyment to life they make life worth living and we're less yeah. human if we're not able to play and that's one of the sad things of becoming an adult or adulting because it's now a verb is the assumed loss of play which by the way when we were when we interviewed um jackie mulligan mm -hmm. for reform that's one of their pillars is play like you need to have some type of play creativity is that part of like the creativity when she says like play is like leisure as well? Yeah, like could be creating music, painting, writing. Yeah, kind of the stuff we love to do. And some of us really love to play, playing games. Playing, mm -hmm. We like to play games with our kids. Our um, nine-year-old loves to play. Oh, she loves to beat us at um, Cover Your Assets. She tries. The card game, by the way, which is amazing, Cover Your Assets. Uh, we've played that with many of friends and they've all gone and bought it for their families. And she beats us so much. She's nine cover your assets clue there's something life. about the human person that loves play and so we're, we're meant for play and so therein lies it's not a bad thing in fact it radiates something of the creativity of god the playfulness of god it's not all rules mm. amen so i i kind of i set out to connect the dots on there point number one point number two is to show that you can be a disciple a follower of the Lord and enjoy video games okay. because we have these connecting like crossovers in sports. Like you can be an athlete and a disciple, right? You've got Tim Tebow, you got Tony Dungy, you've got Stephen Curry in music. Like you can be a musician and also use those gifts for the Lord. 
like yeah. explicitly or implicitly as a Christian musician or as a musician where there's a lot of biblical stuff in the lyrics, you know, that can inform your art. And Christopher West, who we both grew up reading his stuff, and actually we met at the course that where he was teaching, mm -hmm. would say that anyone who's creative, all creatives, I mean, you read this in JP2's letter to artists, Pope Benedict's letter to artists, it's like, because we're made in the image and likeness of God and beauty, God is beautiful, God is good, God is true, artists reflect that. Even in the most secular of songs, like we quote Bruno Mars and Katy Perry, you know, and just like some of their lyrics and like, listen to this. They're, they're the ache of the heart. That's what Christopher West does so well. He like, listen to the ache of the heart oh, yeah. for God, for beauty, for truth, for goodness. Um, and so you'll see that even in gaming, like we're longing for and and these games now are not just mario anymore <laughs> they're it's not just beautiful. 16 bits i mean your dad was sitting watching me play red dead redemption which is this western game which was voted like the most what be like well it's just an incredible work of art one of the truly. best games um and he didn't realize i was playing a game for the first five six seven minutes it looked like a movie it looked, he thought it was a movie it's yeah and then he's amazing. like wait Wait, are you playing this? Yeah. So, the, so what is that called? That's called an open world? Yeah, game. like an open world, kind of the sandbox where you can go anywhere. It's not necessarily linear. Yeah. Um, so you can go and get lost for 20 hours doing... And what draws you... Because that... <laughs> me, when I play, I'm like, let's play Mario Kart because I want to win. Mm -hmm. I like to win. Yeah, I want to so win. We, what is your draw to the open... So we game... Like we all game for different reasons. Some of it is just pure recreation. It's okay. just the candy crush to unwind. Escape yeah. the reality. Yeah, to, <laughs> to um, just kind of de-stress. Some people play for community. Like they look forward to playing with others. You'd go over and play at your friend's house. Now you've got the online mm -hmm. capabilities to play with people around the world. Mm -hmm. So that's Fortnite. That could be Madden. That could be Mario Kart. Like that is, I enjoy playing with others. There's a competitive or a supportive sense of it. Then there's the, for me, I'm like a solo Lone Ranger kind of player where I just, this is my recreation time. This is where I want to get lost and explore. Kind of like all our friends that try to get you to do jujitsu. I don't. And you're like, I go to the gym to go away from I don't, people. I don't go to be touched <laughs> by other men. And like, although it's gonna happen someday, someday I feel someday like we it's, will. We'll, it's coming. I'm sure, it chooses me. I don't choose it. Um, I just love like getting lost in some of these historical fiction games, and we've Google Earth almost the entire world. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's not much left to explore. You've got to go to the bottom of the ocean, or now to the moon, or to Mars. But there, in the games, you have the sense of like you are exploring this world for the first time. In so many games, the map is like clouded. You start out. You don't. You can't see how big mm. the game is okay. as you explore. And so the guy who created Zelda, this is how he created it, mm. was he just loved getting lost in the woods. Like he had a very city life and loved getting out of, um, I think, Tokyo. He's also the same guy who came up with Mario. Oh. Um, but he loved not knowing what, what was over the next hill. He loved the surprise of finding a waterfall where he didn't expect anything or what's under this rock. And... Mm taking that sense of exploration and adventure, putting that into the game is how Zelda was created and a lot of these big open world, you have to go and explore hmm. for the next story point, for the next mini quest. And it, you could blaze through it as fast as you want or you can take your time and get lost. And Question, do you like when movies have open-ended endings? 
It depends. I can't stand. If it's I well done. I love when they tell me what happens. They're like, oh, they got married. I'm like, show me the wedding. Show me their kids. Like, <laughs> I want to know what happened. It's funny. Maybe that's kind of a, because I like games that have an end. Although I, those open, I've never really play, I've watched well, there's, play. To the story, there's an end. Yeah. Um, but there's oh, yeah. still like, you can explore after the fact. So that's true. Yeah, so we all game for different reasons. And again, my my talking to my dad about the rise of esports, even like esports, that they're creating arenas, arenas for people to go and it's not just over Twitch. I can watch someone game. It's in real life. I can go to a stadium and watch people play against each other in video games, which I don't understand. I'm understand. I understand it more because we do the same with people. My dad was watching baseball as I'm explaining this to him. Yeah, he's like, so people would go and watch someone else play a game. He's like, that sounds silly. You're and like, I, and I looked from him to the TV, <laughs> back to him, and I said, "Yeah, Dad, it's silly to go and watch someone else play a game." And right. he and he he took a moment. He said, "All right, I get it." But I it's, think it's, because we think that video games, this is person personally me, like, well, it's so much easier to play a video game than it is to play be a professional baseball player. Like, I think all of us think, like, well, if I just played video games all day, I'd be great. But that's not necessarily true because some people do play video games it's, all day and they're not still not as good as some of these professional it's not necessarily true it is the feedback loop is faster in video games so the amount of time it takes for tiger woods to become tiger woods you can achieve that much faster that skill level in a video game which is why they are they can be addicting is because right. you get that flow you get into that state of flow the feedback of excellence very quickly very easily your feedback is faster okay yeah versus you'd have to train in real life for hours and hours now like years and years you still would have to train yeah. to get at that level but this is again why video games are really um they're fun it's because the feedback is very like instantaneous you fall off the thing you die so then i have to retry and my nine-year-old beats me in mario kart and i say let's play again because that's unacceptable yeah and, and you see them figuring out oh i can do this better next time this way i can i yeah. can hop over this to avoid this like you i can hit mom with the blue shell again and everyone laughs, <laughs> and it's wonderful um but anyway just just to, the second reason i wrote the book is to show that you can be a disciple and love video games because even in doing youth ministry sometimes i saw the athletes felt like they belonged within their team and the youth group musicians the people that enjoyed video games, it was kind of like, where, where do we fit in? Right. But now you've got the rise of guys like Jonathan Blevins on Twitch. I've seen priests and nuns using like Twitch and streaming to showcase. You can enjoy both. Um, it's always a discernment. In the later end of the book, I do get into some of the, pit, the pitfalls of video games. Right. Because um, the medium is not the enemy. It's not that all books are the enemy, not all movies are evil. All social media is evil. It's a tool. Yes, it's um, a tool. It's a form of entertainment that we can use for good. Again, you've got Lord of the Rings. No one, no one would say like, oh, the culture is worse because of a book, a movie like Lord of the Rings. Um, the the best games can do that, mm. you know, but it doesn't mean all games are good. It does also doesn't mean the time I spend right. playing a priest told our youth group one time he said you guys should be for every hour you play a video game you should pray for an hour and we were like oh father oh about that uh but it was yeah. it, it kind of just cut to the heart of um yeah what am i spending the most time on what am i worshiping and that changes based on your state in life right because it is ruined there have been people who's ruined their marriage it's people it becomes becomes an addiction right 
So you're, you just are very honest. You're very affirming of the desire to game and why we game. You're mm-hmm. the, the philosopher heart of like why we do this, why we love to do this and the desire of the human heart. But then you're also honest about, yes, there are also things that we need to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. And some, I had that reckoning, um, in college into my seminary time of like, there's certain games I just shouldn't be playing. Just like there are certain movies you shouldn't watch when you're a disciple, like that aren't going to be forming. They're more deforming, deforming than forming. And like that. Yeah. There are some, yeah, there's some things that like aren't appropriate. And so as a, yeah. So even games can, yeah, so I've had to say no to playing certain games and certainly the time that as I've become a husband and as I've become a father, like it's just not prudent to be spending right. hours and hours if, and I'm neglecting the responsibilities I have before me. But that would like be the same as me. <laughs> before I was married and I uh, got my tax refund, I'd be like, let's go spend some money on DSW shoes. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm like, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't buy 10 pairs of high heels. Also, I'm married to a man who's only an inch taller than me, so my four-inch heels make me six foot two, and that also... They collect dust. Yeah, they collect dust, and I it just they hurt my feet. But anyways, I so will, there are definitely be... things that when your state of life changes, thing, the, the things you spend time on, money on, are going to change as well, and that could be video games, that could be shopping, whatever. Sure. There's also gamer's remorse, which I briefly get into in the book, which is that kind of like gut level sense of everyone that has plugged a lot of hours into a game to know like, yeah, I could have done something else with this time. Like this was a really fun game. Um, I really enjoyed this, but I probably could have learned a real world skill. Like I probably could have mastered piano in the, the hour, the 70 hours I put into this game. Like I talked to a girl recently who um, she was telling me she she like topped out her skill level as a chef on, in The Sims. Mm-hmm. I don't and, know what that means though. And well, her mom was like, so you, you could have learned to cook in real life. Could have been a real chef. You could, but... I'm but proud you could of you. say that about anything. I know. Like I'm just, me reading the news, me yeah, I I totally get there it. There is a sense of like this has been good time to unwind. This is good like just to have some me time as a breather. But sometimes there is that sense of am I living in the real world? And and again for this generation too where there is so much confusion, there is so much um like agony even with our own bodies. Sometimes the danger is I prefer the virtual right to the real incarnate world and so in the seventh chapter i bring theology the body really in to talk about like we are incarnate souls like we are our bodies and so so much of this virtual as fun as it is and as customizable as it now is in some of these games nowadays you can create your own hair your own tattoo like your own like you can live in your own virtual world and and there's all this like metaverse and all that kind of stuff that's yet to come to full fruition but there is that danger of of becoming more separated um, from our body and soul. Disconnected, disassociated with our actual body and escaping into a virtual reality versus our actual world. Like we actually need real community in real life. That's why even on like social media, people are like, oh, this is my community. I'm like, that's so great. But you need people in your home at a coffee shop. Like you need real people to be with you in real life. Yeah not just on social media, although that's great, and to have community there, to have community in gaming, you need people in your actual life because you could totally put on a fake self, a false self in those communities and be totally there. I mean, we know, we, we know that like 
you can pretend to be somebody you're not. But when you have people in your real life, they see the real you. And they can help you into your holiness and your day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you talk about the pitfalls. and Yeah, and just the call to be in our bodies. I think during, you know, during COVID, we had the liturgies online, which was great. We were able to stay connected with the church and feel like we were still participating in Mass. But for Catholics especially, it was clear we can't receive the Eucharist online. Like we are in, it's an incarnate faith. And, and to that, it was like, okay, we got to get back to, to this. And it is beautiful when you have friendships that start out in gaming, um, that will bleed into real life where you have, there's meetups or you're just able to see, um, like genuine friendship and care. It's really, it's it's the bowling leagues of old (laughs) that, and I, I talked to young people that said, like, my parents wouldn't let me go out at all during COVID. Like, video games were the only way I had to hang out with my friends. Mm. So I, I come at it with a very much, like, as a longtime lover of video games, like, to affirm the true, the good, and the beautiful. And also, the third reason I wrote the book was to be a healing resource for families. Mm. Be, and I've, I've become convicted of this as I've seen friends of ours who the parents are off um, not on the same wavelength as the child. The child feels misunderstood because they are falling into um, the true good and the beautiful that the games are offering and not realizing why my mom or dad is so antagonistic. They, they just, well, they don't take the time to understand. And the and parents? The parents are rightfully just concerned for their child for the time they're investing in it. Are they going to, one of the common fears is, are they going to um, not be able to, distinguish reality from the virtual Mm. especially like some of these games are violent so are they going to be violent in real life is kind of that like the bleed over from the 90s like oh this is going to make him or her act out or whatever when it's actually kind of the inverse it's like games are often the outlet for potential aggression Mm. interesting then same thing like boxing or exercise like you're letting out aggression in a healthy way than keeping it pent up and Mm. And whatever. So, but I've seen like when you can break this open, break this topic open, children and parents can understand one another better. And even just that simple question parents can pose of why do you love that game? Like, why do you enjoy that game you're in right now? In a a very loving way. Why do you you love that game? Why do you love that game so much, man? Tina. Dude, man. Gosh. With genuine like curiosity. Yeah. Like, Help me understand what you love about this and, mm-hmm. and listen and listen without wagging of the finger. And then you're also helping to um, come back to that middle of enjoying this for its sake and yet also um, living in the world we've been given. Mm-hmm. And so the last chapter, I use the example of blessed Carlo Acutis. We did a whole episode on him. We'll link below of uh, this millennial who died in 2006 of very aggressive leukemia was a devout young man. He died at age 15 and um, played video games. He loved Pikachu. He he created a website dedicated to the Eucharistic miracles, yeah, which he, is still up. He coded and used those gifts for the Lord. He recognized technology as an atomic bomb that could be used for good. It could be used for bad. Uh, yeah, he would have been 32 this year. Yeah. How crazy is that, right? 32. But he was also normal in that his classmates loved him. Um, he was relatable. Joyful he, disciple. He would go hiking. 
he knew when to put the controller down. He knew when to go and serve others. He knew when to serve the poor. He made daily mass. Um, and there's been miracles attributed to him. His faith was always on his sleeve. So what there he I, I present as the model of you can love both. Like you can you can absolutely be a disciple of Christ, love video games, enjoy everything in moderation. And um he played like what, an hour a week? He had a self-imposed rule. Of I mean, that's less than I play. One hour a week. Yeah. Which I his mom didn't do that. He did that for himself. He said, I, I don't want to waste an, a moment of the time I'm given here on earth. I'm like, oh. But that's beautiful that he had that own. Like, obviously, if you, any of you are parents listening or watching, I mean, we're parents of kids who are now are playing Mario Kart. Like, we have a rule in our house of how much we let them play. Um, just like we want to have limits on screen time because we want them. We also know that boredom leads to creativity. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want them to be bored. We want them to come up with their own games. But it's not. We know the video games aren't bad. They're fun. We we want it to be family time, like fun family time, something just like we play board games like we can play um, any of these games and play together. And it's fun. Yeah. It was really fun when our five. Oh, was it our our three year old Mm -hmm. beat our nine year old at Mario Kart for the first time? That was hilarious. Right. But we also want to have limits on just for moderation for them to learn how to have temperance. The virt it's a virtue to have self control and to say, okay, we can do an hour of games and then we do something else. Um, so the fact that Carlo Cutis he self imposed that I want to play one hour a week. That's beautiful. When we went to Rome for our. 10 year anniversary and we oh, went do you remember how long that was yeah. you were married yeah uh, okay. <laughs> we went to Assisi and not realizing he was um entombed there and I was finishing this book at the time I was going through like the last edits on the airplane there and on the airplane back and the church where he is in Assisi I took this rosary and I put it on top of his casket and asked for his intercession on this book project on all who would read it to to go into this territory where um, so many people live like this is their jam like video games are what they're looking forward to the most it's like god organized religion this isn't really something important to them but but video games are in the music in the stories in the community is where they're finding purpose and we need to to go into the, these spaces and affirm the good, the beautiful, and what is true there and, and proclaim Christ. Mm. And, and that is my hope as, as starting this conversation, because I recognize I'm, I'm like the old guy in the room. You what? are. You're like old fogey. Yeah, we're, we're getting to 40, man. I'm still in my 30s. I, so am I, bro. I'll say that. Oh, dude. Although someone almost <laughs> called me, someone almost called me sir. Oh, at the pizza shop. Yeah, they ask me for mom hugs now when I do women's session. I have a mom hug. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I could be your mom, and you're in high school or college. <laughs> Almost, yeah. My my hope is that this um, is able to get more people in the the virtual arena, like because I don't know Discord or Twitch like the back of my hand. Praise God for those people who who are using it for good. And um, I just, I really pray this starts the conversation with families, um, helps young people connect the dots that your love of games and the stories, the soundtracks, the communities, 
um, it, it helps you realize it all comes from God. If there's a game, there's a game designer. And if we've been given all of this, this world we're in, this, this creative energy, mm-hmm. um, that's not random chance. Like there's a God of the universe that knows, sees, and loves you and, and has a quest, has a mission for you. He's a designer, the great designer of this whole thing. And delights in our creativity and to use that creativity for for the glory of the kingdom. So yeah. it was it was really fun to write. And I pray that um yeah, it reaches it reaches a lot of people. More than just to sell a book, I really believe in um the topic itself. Yeah, and that we need people in, in any arena to evangelize, whether that's sports, whether that's music. Broadway, I mean, anywhere. And, and essentially that to remind people like these desires that you have in your heart, they are for God. Yeah. That desire for truth, beauty, and goodness that all comes from God and it's all for him. And often we look to these other things, which aren't necessarily bad. Some of them are, but not necessarily. Some could be just, you know, uh, what's the word? Neutral. Yeah. And, um, but we have these desires for a reason and that's what evangelism is. That's what evangelization is. It's just showing people. It's one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. Beggar. The beggar, as our friend Lauren Charmer says from Minnesota. Yeah, the beggars. Because even Dager. this, I just thought of this too. Even the best, the best games end, and we're all searching for that, that thing that won't end. Oh, it's heaven. Because you win the Super Bowl, the next day, guess what? You start training for the next one. Michael like, Phelps won his eight gold medals, and what happened? Yeah, he like went into depression. Yeah, and because when you when your purpose is all of a sudden over. Yeah, and so I'm I'm even yeah. in a beautiful. I'm playing a beautiful video game right now that I'm, um, pretty much at near the end of like the last mission is before me. And you're like, I don't want this. And to I end. don't want it to end. Right. And so I've been like dragging my feet and trying to do everything else because. I know it'll be over. And that speaks to that, um, the human heart, that it's restless and nothing will satisfy it. We want something to last forever and nothing lasts forever except for heaven. Right. And Eternity. so to affirm that, like this has been a beautiful game. It's been a beautiful oh, story, but. It's like when you go on vacation and it's so awesome and then it ends and you're like, oh, but I don't want it to end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like any of those experiences. Only only you, oh Lord, will satisfy. You want to stay in that beauty forever. You want to experience that taste of that most amazing food forever. The new Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> the pimento honey hot chicken. They're not sponsoring us. They should. Now from Chick-fil-A, the pimento. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's like you want to experience that goodness forever. And yeah. The only place that lasts forever is heaven. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bobby Angel, for sharing about your new book. <laughs> for coming to your own kitchen. <laughs> for your own, yes, gaming in the heroic life. Pre-ordering now on what, Amazon? It's on Amazon. It will be... Ave Maria Press. Ave Maria Press. They've been amazing to work with. The cover is amazing. Um, their editing team was great. And November 10th, the book will be out. You'll see the marketing ramp up. Which is the day you proposed to me, honey. Do you remember that? I know. That's the date I asked them for, of course. Oh, <clears throat> uh-huh. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. You'll see the marketing ramping up all through October. I hate self-promotion, but I really believe in this book. So you'll see me a little more active on Instagram if you you follow us there. Or you subscribe to our um, website or, and you get like the little updates. I'm sure we'll write a blog. I'm sure we'll get to that someday. 
Uh, but on our Patreon, thank you for those who listen and support us financially there to make this podcast possible, especially, and thank you to the advertisers as well. If you join our Patreon between uh. like now, as this podcast airs in September 2023 through November 2023, if you join our Patreon at any tier, I will mail you a personalized copy of the book. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. That's awesome. If you don't want to personalize because it will bring the market value down, that's fine. <laughs> I can, I will adapt. I don't want you to sign it. But join our Patreon between now, September, no, October, November 2023, and you will get a signed copy of the book. Whoa. I didn't know you were going to do that. Twist, as our friend says. Twist. All right. Well, you guys, thank you for watching. Is that it? Are that's we it. done? That's it. Okay, great. I can do it. go tell my mom to stop strolling the baby outside. <laughs> At least it's not 107 anymore. It's like 80 degrees. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. You're amazing. And um, we hope this episode helped you in some way or you liked it or whatever. You can like, comment, subscribe, or do whatever you want to do. Cause <laughs> we love these outros, by the way. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, okay. Thank you, guys. We will see you next time. All right, let's go get my mom. Let's go get my mom.